As the racing season winds down, the separation season begins. Now, when I say separation season, I don't mean the season to separate yourself from racing, although that's exactly what many of your competitors are doing. And that provides an opportunity for you to separate from the pack. Within This Is Bracket Racing Elite, we focus on growth year-round, but the gains, they're, they're small, they're incremental during race season for two reasons. Number one, because your attention as a racer is split, right? You've got upkeep, maintenance, travel, all the things involved with the racing season, in addition to a focus on your own growth. And because other racers are working hard at that time too. It's this time of year, this separation season, where putting in the work can really allow you a leg up on the competition. If you're serious about doing just that, and you'd like to surround yourself with a group of knowledgeable trainers and accountable peers with the tools, the resources, the wisdom to help you take that next step, and perhaps even with the occasional kick in the pants to keep you on track, this is Bracket Racing Elite is the answer. We've helped thousands of racers just like you take the next step toward becoming the best version of themselves on the racetrack. Elite can help you do the same. Enrollment is open as of Monday, November 27th, and it closes December 8th. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite. This week's podcast is brought to you by Bill Taylor Enterprises. BTE is a manufacturing, design, and support company that specializes in high-performance automatic transmission assemblies and components for drag racing, off-road, marine, and street performance. With over 50 years of experience in drag racing, BTE has been a trendsetter and innovator, placing themselves and their customers ahead of the pack. And it's all that we know, it's the way you lie. give all that we got, right at a time, do whatever we got to do, we never know if it's our one last ride. If you want some, come and get some. Hello everyone and welcome to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed. I'm Big Jed, Jared Pennington. He's Cool Hand Luke Bogacki. If you're a regular listener, thank you for your patronage. If you're new, you'll probably catch on soon enough. Our goal is to shed some light on the events, news, and issues in sportsman drag racing and the stars within it. Big Jed, episode 123. It's the old one, two, three. Wow, Luke. 123 episodes of the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast. What a run. What a run. It feels like a lot. It is a lot. It's, it's been a lot of shows and hopefully still a lot to go. What's happening with you, Luke? You, uh, you're in a little different part of the world right now. I am. I'm not from around here. I'm sitting uh, in Justin Lamb's driveway right now. Shout out to the Lamb family. Henderson, Nevada. I'm about 30 minutes from the strip at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. And Jed, I like to think of myself like part of my life goals, preparation. I'm very, if you're ever around me racing, like, you know, Big on preparation. Uh, you're a great preparator. Uh, yeah, I am a great preparator. That's thank you. And try to approach the podcast the same way. Like do my homework. At least feel like I'm not talking out of my rear end for the most part. Obviously, there's some of that that goes along. Like you can't talk for an hour without making some stuff up along the way. But for the most part, <laughs> like to be prepared. I'll be completely honest with you as a listener. Not prepared. This is probably the least prepared I've ever been for the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast. Been on the road for two days. Actually uh, got here late last night. And this is probably more information than a listener wants. But since Sunday morning, been unable to take a shower. 
So that was that became mm. a pretty big priority. Mm. And I've spent the day as motorhome mechanic. You'll be happy to know I now have running water and hot water. I'm not 100% sure how I pulled that off, but I did. So I'm going to claim, I want to claim genius, <laughs> but I don't really know how I did it. But the reason that I tell this story is to tell you that the two hours that were supposed to be spent today, like researching what the heck we were going to talk about for the next hour, those were spent plumbing, motorhome plumbing. Mm. So that's odd. This is um, as much shooting from the hip as I've ever done. Well, I'm sure you'll still be great. Even your level of preparation is so good. Even when you're not prepared, you're still better prepared than most. So you'll be fine, Luke. I do it every week, so no big deal. Let's kick this thing off with the old uh, BT Who's Hot. He's on fire! It's time for Who's Hot in Sportsman Drag Racing. BT staff is selected directly from the racing community, from sales to manufacturing. Each member of their staff is a performance enthusiast. With multiple world championships and number one qualifiers, they offer expert professional technical advice for your racing operation. See our staff directory. Our commitment to your success is part of our own. So, Luke, this week's BT Who's Hot, and obviously we got a little different format now with our show, and it, it's bouncing around. It'll kind of skip a week here or there. And we talked about this guy in the last show for what he had accomplished at Bowling Green. And then, lo and behold, he comes out the following week and does it again at a different venue. And that is our good friend, and both of us have traveled well with him, Adam Davis, OAD. We talked about him cracking him for 10K on the top at Bowling Green in his new Camaro. Not a new body style, but a new-to-him Camaro. So he does that on the top. Takes the same car, goes to Gulfport Dragway in Galen Rollison's uh, Savage Performance Footbrake 150 presented by BTE, and he cracks them for 15K on the bottom. Luke, you and I both know Adam really well, know what he's capable of. Not a guy that's done a ton of top bulb racing in his time, but when he does, he shows out. You know, he won 25K at the million and here on the big stage at Bowling Green, on the top for 10, on the bottom for 15, at the biggest foot brake race thus far this year, and continues his winning ways. Very impressive performance by AD over a couple of weeks span, and uh, he is this week's BT Who's Hot. Yeah, I thought this was really deserving, um, even though it didn't happen this past weekend, like you said, Judd, with the, the format of the show. Just the ability to win at the highest level, as you said, off the top, and then come back in the same race car and do it off the bottom. You could say basically the biggest events in the country for those respective categories in back-to-back weekends. It just speaks to the the talent and the skill set unique to Adam Davis. We're a little bit spoiled by that because, as you said, we've been around him for a long time and kind of come to expect that. It's not many people capable of doing that. It's really impressive. So I think very deserving this week's BTE Who's Hot goes to Mr. Adam Davis. And Adam's win at Gulfport, key the SEC chance. It doesn't all Alabama final, Big Jed. Yeah, that uh, Sunday 15K that Adam won, he won over his good friend and and basically a guy that occupies uh, residence in the same county as Adam, and that's Cody Barnhart, which Cody has been a uh, figure in the final rounds at Gulfport for a couple of years now, going down to their big races. He seems to just perform really well there. 
he won 15k in uh, in uh, Chance Lycan's Volkswagen at the World Footbrake Challenge and comes out here and gets 15k runner up. So Cody, one of the hottest footbreakers in the country right now, got a little overshadowed there by coming up with uh, I quote unquote just a runner up, but really nice performance for him and. The out-the-gate ghost race on that same day. Now, the out-the-gate race, Luke, I, I think I should should know this a little better, but basically this is, guys, don't get a run on the racetrack. You just come right out the gate, and I I think you just get maybe a reaction time, maybe a 60-foot, but that's pretty much it. And they compete, and that race was won by Nick Kay also from Alabama in his newly built Adam Davis Chevy 2. So, uh, Alabama showed out for sure on Sunday down there. I could hear the chants from wherever that Kentucky game was, right? <laughs> SEC, SEC. Well, if if Sunday belonged to Alabama and the SEC, Saturday belonged to the Big 12. Yes, yeah, Saturday was uh, surely a Texas day. Drew Porsche, spelled Porcher, but I know Drew well. He's a very capable and talented young man in his S-dime. We'll talk more about S times later. Drew got the 15K win over the super red hot, always on fire, never lets you down, great run making Jake Howard. The guy is just phenomenal, unbelievable. Jake makes another big 15K final round for an all-Texas final. And uh, very impressive performance by those guys. Texas footbreakers are bad news, as we know. Speaking of bad news, footbreakers, the no guts, no glory, $8,000 to win shootout, which I think is a $500 entry fee shootout. And uh, just takes a lot of guts to enter it. And those guys get in there and scrapped it out for eight grand. That was Nick Hastings. Nasty Nick, the guy we talk about quite often here on the podcast, got the win over Texas on Brian Day. Uh, Brian, another tough foot brake racer in an S-dime out of the Day family out there where those guys compete as a family all the time. So good to see Brian making a big final round. The 32-car $1,500 to win shootout was, again, Nasty Nick. Nasty Nick showing out big time, as he always does. And 16-car 2,000-to-win race was uh, Tristan Scholler. Or is that Scholar? I'm not real sure, but either way, Tristan was your uh, 2K winner in the 16-car shootout. And interesting, very interesting, was the Friday 3K to win gambler's race. They kind of got their weekend started. That was won by our good friend, Luke Siebert of Siebert Performance. Uh, Luke been very good to us here on the podcast. I think he's part of your elite group, Luke. Definitely a guy that when he has gotten out to the big footbreak races, just flat shows out. Luke is Man, he has been phenomenal over the past 12 to 18 months when he's made it out to the big races. He got the win over the very well-known John Doe. If you're a kind of a Street Outlaws-type follower, you know John Doe. But uh, Scott Taylor is not just a fast heads-up racer. He's also uh, very capable on the top or the bottom in the bracket classes. And Scott Taylor got the runner-up. Really proud for Luke. Luke. Uh, just another good performance by him. He He's shown out big time. Yeah, yeah, he's really good at this bottom bulb thing. <laughs> he's got it figured out. Foot break, trans break, whatever you got to do. I guess since I shouted out the SEC and the Big 12, just because I know that somebody from Ohio will remind us that the best racers in the world come from the state of Ohio because that's what the people from Ohio do, I guess we should shout out Nick Hastings and the Big 10 as well. B1G. 
where should we go next, Big Jed? There was Super 7s at Montgomery last weekend, and it looked like a ton of uh, storylines there, and it looked like a huge crowd. Our buddy AJ Ash got a $5,000 win over Cole Cousins. Bo Butner defeated Zach Hitchcock in the 10-grander. I think the other 10-grander got postponed due to rain. Sound right? Yeah, that's what happened, and that was actually Bo Butner. Bo Butner didn't make the trip. I didn't mean to correct you there, but I just didn't want people to think that Bo Butner was in Montgomery. Uh, bracket race, and that was our buddy Bo Boatner. So I didn't say that, did I? Yeah. Okay. Whatever. I think you did, but I could be wrong. How about Rockingham, Luke? What happened to Rockingham, dude? Well, it sounded like uh, they had a rain out on Sunday, but they did get Saturday's seventeen thousand dollar to win race. I guess that was combined purse uh, from something. Uh, it's a little odd that it was seventeen thousand, but. A uh, guy that cracks me seemed like every time we get together, which is pretty much everybody, Jake Woodring got the win over T.G. Pascal. And uh, Gambler's Race there was Chris DePascal over Gary Ingold. They had a 10K on Friday where Darren Lotz got the win over Jeff Parrish. The Gambler's Race, the always capable and showing out guy, Tommy Plott, got the win over Lenny Butcher. And Thursday's 5K was Gary Ingold over, or mentioned, Tommy Plott. Rockingham, I'm not sure what that race was. I think that that was Tony Saracini's race, but I apologize. I, I didn't uh, research that one a whole lot. And uh, how about you, Luke? I think you made it out to the races on your way to Vegas. I did. I guess highlights from Rockingham would be multiple finals from Mr. Ingold and Mr. Plot. As I mentioned earlier, spent last weekend in Noble, Oklahoma at the Free One. Uh, it was a, a really cool event format. It was $2,500 twin Friday, five grand Saturday and Sunday for essentially a free entry. You had to pay like a gate fee. I think it was 20 bucks a day and a uh, race. Really cool deal. Really cool format. It was a pre-entry deal. They had, I think it was capped at 256 entries. It was maxed out, sold out. I think they even oversold it. And then uh, the weather was bad. Like not, we got some rain overnight. It was really cold. Specifically Saturday was miserable i don't know that the high got into the 50s i think it was in the upper 40s plus like 20 25 mile an hour constant wind all day it was not a fun day to be at the racetrack to be completely honest but and that kept a lot of people away like this race that had north of 250 pre-entries i think had 140 or less actually show but kudos to nick duty and friend of the podcast and the Thunder Valley staff, like they did everything that they said they were going to do. They had this race despite the conditions. It had to be miserable to be a track worker on Saturday. The racetrack itself was unbelievable given the conditions, like specifically Saturday. I could tell that Nick was a little bit up in the air as to whether or not he was making the right decision. And uh, I was one of the early pairs down the track and went right down Broadway, like 449, and then proceeded to go 449 all day long. The track was unbelievable. So kudos to those guys for getting it all in, working in a tight window before it got super cold, just getting everything done. No huge stories on the racetrack. The winners there, Logan Diggs won the first $2,500 race. The five grand winners were Riley Howard and Nathan Martin. So no huge surprise in that part of the country. They get one of the gambler's races in, and the winner of that was Jeremy Maples. I believe that was $5,000 to win as well. So that any, was all the news that was news from Noble. Any runner-ups that... We need to mention from that event. No, maybe. I, I think I saw Luke Bagaki. Okay, yeah, I run it up Friday and I run it up 
Sunday, and um, I don't know the gentleman's name that ran it up on Saturday. It was actually a car that came through the no box side. I'll see if I can dig that up and throw it into shout outs at the end. Had to drag it out of you. Over in Lawrenceburg, Tennessee at US 43 Dragway, uh, Chad Axford had his uh, Tennessee Triple Tens, I think maybe what he called it. Rain was really all over those guys all weekend. He made the decision after seeing that some rain was going to come in, made the decision just to run for like 20K on Friday and then try to get a 10K in the rest of the weekend. Did get Friday's race complete. Corey Saint got the win over Kelt Loudon, and that was pretty much it. I think they got through two rounds of the next race over a couple of days and finally threw the towel in with rain. I uh, had to give that one up, but uh, sound like Chad and the, the crew there at US 43 made all the best calls they could and did the best they could out of a t- made the best they could out of a tough situation. What about Huntsville? Luke? Uh, they just had some ten granders there in Huntsville as well. I think we had that on tap at the last podcast. And uh, what anything stood out from you there? Well, the story from Huntsville for me was our boy, friend of the podcast. Racing, Jason Lynch. Lynch showed out at Huntsville. And if you just look at the results, you go, wow, uh, Jason Lynch won a gambler's race. I don't even know what it paid. Won one of the 10 granders, last 10 grander, I believe. Okay, that's cool. Lynch wins a lot. To just look at the results, you wouldn't know the whole story. And for those of you that are familiar with Jason Lynch and how he rolls, this is vintage Lynchism. Like, this is how it happens win, lose, or draw. So, Here's the quick recap. Jason Lynch shows up, the Cars Protection Plus team. They got a bunch of race cars there. Jason's attention is focused on a Chevy 2 that they purchased recently that is a full steel body Chevy 2 with a big block. It's like 3,200 pounds, goes 540s. Okay, Serious combination. Comes out in the first race, and car progressively slows down all day. It's obvious something's wrong. And this is, in Jason's own words, like pretty sure it's rear end think it's rear end but you know i got a new transmission and a new converter so i just change it all why wouldn't you right because that's (laughs) what lynch does so in the weeds and in the dirt at huntsville up it goes and everything comes out well in the midst of changing everything jason realizes oh man i don't have a spare third member here no worries i'll just drive home two hours away set up another rear end bring it back so that's what he does and puts proceeds like does that Friday night overnight proceeds to put everything together. I think my timeline's correct here. Saturday morning. Well, in the process of doing all of this, this is again Jason's words. I didn't realize that I had it leaving real pretty, and I didn't realize that I had a 169 low gear transmission in it, and the one that I replaced it with was a 180. No. So on T1, after everything's been rebuilt. The Chevy 2 goes for the sky and uh, does what Lynch claims is the longest and highest wheelie he's ever done. And if you were at the Million Dollar Race a few years ago and or have seen footage of the wheelie that he did in the S10 at the Million that went way past 330 on the rear tires, that's saying something. (laughs) Yes, it is. So when said Chevy 2 finally met back with the earth, it was not pretty. In Jason's own words again... Well, I couldn't turn off the racetrack because the A-arms were bent in half, lower control arms. (laughs) So the fix for that then, like we ain't give up yet. Okay, At this point, the rear end, the transmission, the converter has all been changed. And we're not sure if we get it fixed up, if we can keep it from flipping straight over. 
And I say we just because Jason and nobody. I had nothing to do with this, although I, I w- it would have been entertaining to be there, I'm sure. So off come the lower control arms, and into the press they go. And by press, I mean the hydraulic jacks on the front of the trailer to bend those back into shape, bolt them back on the car, and then win 10 grand. Oh, that gosh. is vintage Jason Lynch. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, those of us that know Jason, probably not as shocked, but it's still, it's hard to believe his stories could possibly get better, but they do seem like each and every year. That's uh, very, very impressive, not just the driving, but everything he had to do to get there. So congrats to racing Jason. Well done by him. And Luke, next up on the um, board to talk about is the IHRA Summit Sportsman Spectacular Finally, those guys got some good weather. They were at Farmington Dragway and huge turnout. I think uh, we've heard somewhere around 300 entries. Wow, very good for the IHRA Summit Sportsman Spectacular. Great to hear that. And real quickly, top winner on Saturday was Michael Paschal. Uh, the mod winner was Corey Hawks. Juniors was Philip Radford. Their new street class was Brad Carpenter, and the team category was Nick Smith on Sunday. Roger Robertson got the win in top. Modified was Jamie Holston, my good buddy Jamie. Juniors was Ozell Brown. Love that name, Ozell. Street class was Chris Gibson, and the team category was Bryce Childress. So congrats to the folks at the IHRA for finally getting all the stars lined up and some good weather and having a huge turnout there at Farmington. Uh, Luke will move to Louisiana real quick, State Capitol Raceway. Uh, they had some rain on Saturday where those guys, uh, Top and Mod, had to split the purse. One of the Masters category, how about that? And the juniors was uh, Peyton Seminole over Aiden Hyatt. Intermediate was Maddie Chesney. And the beginner class was Kane Kern getting the win over Slade Olin. Sunday's top 5K winner was Heath Fountain. Their no-box winner was Larry Sequin. And the juniors category in the Masters was Dylan Height, Intermediate, Matty Chesney. And the beginners division was, once again, Kane Kern. And the Ironman runoff that they had there was Chesney over Height. So good turnout there, it looks like, and a good race at State Capitol. About, yeah, uh, how about uh, running the table in the juniors? That's uh, multi-day wins for Matty Chesney, multi-day wins for Kane Kern. And you've just, you know, it's only in Louisiana that you get Kane, Slade, Velicity, and Aiden in the finals. <laughs> Louisiana yeah. just like automatically qualifies for the, the all-name team. That is a really good point. So, Luke, the NHRA Lucas Oil Series got back together at Houston. Uh, yeah, it's what been stood a, out from you there? Been a quiet couple of weeks for the NHRA. The only uh, this was the only event since the last time that we touched base. This was the NHRA Division Four event in Houston. What stood out to me: Super Street winner Rick Huffman. Damn! I mean, look at this box score. Rick was okay. Rick's thirty-eight first round. He's forty-four second round. And then let's just for the sake of making a great story, let's just say he said, "Heck with it. I'm pulling thirty-five out." Third round, five. Fourth round, five and 90 with a three. Fifth round, two and 90 with an eight. Final round, five. Take, ah, never mind, took a lot. Five and 93 to get the win. Like, easily killed plenty. 
So the last three rounds, uh, worst react is five. Average react is four and some change. That's pretty nasty. Yeah, that sounds pretty nasty. Old Rick, he's had a couple of birthdays, but he's still able to get it done. So good for him. Yeah, shout out to a, a fellow This Is Bracket Racing Elite member. I'd like to take credit, but to be completely honest, like Rick's just putting in the work, man. He's doing the practice tree stuff. Obviously, it's showing up on the racetrack. A couple other notes that stood out to me from Houston. Aaron Stanfield, guy that we've talked about quite a bit on the show, nearly doubled up. Got the win in Superstock, runner-up to J.R. Baxter in Top Dragster. And that runner-up, like, he didn't really have a shot. Looked like he had some kind of issue with the car in the final. His Superstock box score, it's not quite Rick Huffman. But considering he's got two bulbs to get ready, got to let go on the bottom. This is pretty nasty. Had a buy run third round. He's 55. We'll throw that out because nobody was in the other lane. Other than that, it's 21 round, 16 in the final, 8 4 Five, seven, the other rounds. Pretty neat on the bottom. Very uh, neat. Big day for Aaron Stanfield. Start to what we can assume would be another excellent season for him. Already in the midst of an, ex- midst of an excellent season is Cole Cummings. We talked about him a couple weeks ago. He won Super Street at the Division Two event in South Georgia, I believe. Also runner-up here in Houston in Super Comp to uh, Trinae Cressoni. And not a huge story, certainly no huge surprise, but I thought it was notable um, as particularly it may be notable as championship points begin to uh, take shape. Kuda got the win in stock. So that's a good start to his season, a perennial top 10 finisher, perennial championship contender. Kuda Hidalgo with the win down there in stock eliminator. Yes, and uh, while Rick Huffman's on our mind, and this will be a couple of uh, shout-outs or what have you, but thoughts and prayers out certainly to Chase Huffman. Uh, Chase uh, suffered a nasty accident in his Camaro recently, and uh, the car received a lot of damage. But luckily and fortunately, Chase was prepared inside the car, and the car did his job and saved him. He got out. Uh, uninjured or at least no major injuries so very happy to hear that and uh, certainly uh, thoughts and prayers out to will holloman as well will had a pretty nasty crash in the uh, dragster recently as well but uh, it did its job also and protected will so happy those two guys got out of those incidents uh, unscathed for the most part unfortunately the cars are tore up but we all know the the saying so i'll spare you that just glad those guys are okay And, Luke, a couple of uh, awesome performances that we wanted to wrap up our results with uh, was um, down at uh, West Palm, I believe is where this one was. Uh, Johnny Tolisano was uh, running a two-race day. They had two races in one day. He was running both Super Pro and No Box, was in both finals of both races. He ran the box final in both races and ran the no box final in both races with three wins and a runner up out of that. So really, really cool performance there by Johnny. Congratulations to him. And my old buddy, Alan Furr, uh, which is a guy who's uh, come race with us. Um, got, uh, he, he ran a couple of days. Uh, I don't remember where this was. My apologies. I know it was in North Carolina somewhere, but, um, carried both entries to the semis one day. I think he had to run himself, ended up, runner and up in that race after he eliminated his own entry and in day two carried both to the final was a winner and runner up which is super strong performance so that's a tough area for bottom bulb racing alan showed he's as good as any of them with a major major uh day in performance or a couple of days in performance there so congratulations to those guys as well 
Yeah, I like mixing some of this stuff in. And those were, I think we stumbled into uh, Johnny's results. Uh, Alan's was messaged to us. Like, I love stuff like this, Jed. So I just want to encourage the listeners. Like, we can't always include everything that's sent over. But there is no way that we can keep up with every impressive performance across the country. So if something happens within your group of buddies or at your home track that just makes you say, damn, let us know. And we'll do our best to highlight it here on the show. Yeah, thanks for getting that information to us, uh, as Luke said. So, Luke, we just want to roll right into what's next on the board. Why wouldn't we? This is a little bit of fun. We got through the business portion of the podcast. On, I guess it was two episodes ago, back on the one two one. This is the one two three. We rolled out our NCAA bracket for... 2019. This is something we try to have a little bit of fun with each year. And for this season's tournament, we attached each of the top four seeds in each region to a drag racing phrase that kind of whips us, right? Might have been cool the first time we heard it. Might have chuckled. Now we're just sick of hearing it. So as we wind down, um, when you listen to this, it will be on the eve of this year's Final Four. And that means that we're down to four in this phrases that whip us bracket, Big Jed. We've got from the East region, champion of the East. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm getting out of whack here. I'm just excited. (laughs) What can I say? Champions from the South, the Virginia Cavaliers. Virginia is representing the electricity. The late, great Tracy Hardy. The electricity coming on in your lane. When the wind light lights up, the old electricity. Now, electricity got a run for its money. Electricity, the Virginia Cavaliers avoided being dropped on their head by Purdue in <laughs> arguably the greatest NCAA tournament te- game in, in recent history. Purdue was unable to complete that drop on the head. I think Virginia might have slid through 30 in front to be dead on zero, but yeah. they got the electricity. So, Virginia Cavaliers will represent electricity in the final four they will match up oh, we'll, we'll get to we'll get to auburn that, that, that'll be the fun part from the east region big g <laughs> it is not duke who lost a shoe at the step that was funnier two weeks ago like i've kind of forgotten about zion blowing a shoe out at this point but duke will not be going to the final four instead we've got michigan state who represents any wide variety any wow what was that what was that word <laughs> Any variety, that was somewhere between variety and array, and I obviously couldn't make up my mind which one I wanted to use. They they represent a a multitude of phrases, Big Jed, all that kind of come back to the following, like, you didn't have the reaction time that you set out to, right? So Michigan State represents anything from met it, flinched, caught the flash, jumped on it, missed the tree. The culmination of most of those is like, you let go of the switch before the light came on. But you don't want to say that, so you come up with some kind of coin phrase that is essentially a whip. Okay, you met it. You jumped on it. Whatever. Like, you left before you were supposed to. Yes. That's, yeah. that's Michigan State. Yes, that's the East Region champion, as you said. Over in the West Region, the all the way down the list here to the number three seed, which – uh, did this to their opponent. They loaded up, loaded up their opponent. The Texas Tech was rep, was being represented by the term "load up," "suit up," "buckle up," whatever the case may be. As you said uh, when we brought this to light in the last podcast, uh, I mean, 
load up means put it in the trailer. But for some reason, I've, I've done it as an announcer. I like to tell every guy, all right, guys, load them up. Let's, let's get ready. We were really meant to say suit up or buckle up or just get in your car and get yourself prepared to race, really, is all we're trying to say. But load up is the term, and Texas Tech is that West region champion that will take on the aforementioned uh, combination team of Michigan State. And then Luke, the Midwest region champion, was somebody we didn't even have on our board. So we went top four seeds in each region. And my team's arch rival, the Auburn Tigers, or Eagle, I can say it, have advanced to their first ever Final Four as a five seed. They will face Virginia, the electricity team. So we didn't have a name tied to Auburn. So pre-show, we talked about it, and I think... We got uh, a really good idea of sent us down a path, and that was from uh, Justin Lamb, Baby J. Basically talked about some classified things that he's seen. Maybe we should tie to that team. So we tied Auburn to the Drag Race Results Classified section where we don't really have it listed, but you see things. The one that always gets me, Luke, and I said it in pre-show, and this is this is not nearly as amazing as people make it out to be when they do their ad, but we'll go red anywhere is one I freaking love. Every car I've ever had qualified in that ad because every car I've ever had has gone red anywhere and everywhere. So we'll go red anywhere is referring to this car really moves good on the pro tree. So, you know, you don't have to worry about it moving slow, but. We'll go red anywhere is every car that's ever been built. So your ad didn't make yours really special. What's some other ones we thought about, Luke? Hook yeah, we hard, could, go straight. We could go a long way down the classified road. Hook hard, go straight. Uh, hooks like a bear. Seen that one. <laughs> one that Justin brought up that I really like. How about plus the ride? Okay. What's wrong with saying plus shipping? Yeah. Plus the ride. <laughs> Chrome, shoot wing wheelie bars. You know, I mean, you just knock it all out right at once. We'll go red anywhere. Similar, like if you just want to take that to the next level, car cuts good lights. <laughs> right? That's a good one. Deadly it, it, consistent. I was about to, to bust out deadly. Like, has anybody sold a bracket car in the last three decades that was not, quote, unquote, <laughs> no. deadly? Best I've ever seen. I mean, I'm getting rid of it, and I didn't win any races the whole three years I had it. But my God, this car is deadly consistent. Y'all surely win every race in it. So, shout out to the Midwest region teams that will not be represented in the Final Four. That would be the North Carolina Tar Heels and Big Wheels Rolling. That would be the Kentucky Wildcats asking for a friend. The Houston Cougars. Chuck and Taters, one of my personal favorites. And, of course, the Kansas Jayhawks, who are bad about giving it back. <laughs> despite being a faster car by two seconds and coming up two thousandths behind. Seeing, uh, seeing Chuck and Taters reminds me of a text that I got from uh, our buddy KB, Kevin Brannon, the rabbit. It's going to be uh, loading up and <laughs> heading west to Vegas. And I'm going to quote this on the mic at Vegas, so I won't give it up. But it was really funny, and it had a lot of these uh, a lot of these sayings that whip us in there. So I can't wait to quote that on a hot mic when we get out to Vegas. Oh, that was a tease. So if you're not going to be in Vegas, <laughs> um, be sure to tune into the live feed, right? Yeah, tune in to Bang Shift. 
spring fling me, and maybe everybody be watching it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, a little inside baseball. Have you got a pick? Are we going electricity? Are we going met it, flinched, caught the flash? Are we going load up? for the Red Raiders or uh, any version of those uh, drag race results classified hooks hard, go straight. Well, contrary to what most people believe is that because I love my team, I have to hate others and uh, I would have to hate Auburn because I love Alabama, but Auburn has been deadly consistent in this tournament and I'm going to ride the wave and I say Auburn gets it done for their first ever basketball national championship or the first one in our state. So, Good luck to the Auburn Tigers and War Eagle. Who you whoa. got, Luke? Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Did not see that coming. Okay. No, I, uh, I'm not that guy. Okay. I'm cool with that. Deadly consistent. And obviously, they found the combination because that's a team that up until like February 15th was the opposite of deadly consistent. But they have been on a roll. And look. And- before you say anything else, they beat Kansas, North Carolina, and Kentucky back to back, to back to back. That might not have ever been done in college basketball ever. It's true. It's true. I'm similar to you. Like if you were to uh, listen to the prognosticators here uh, and rank the teams, you're going to take the team that's either third or fourth. I'm going to take the other one. I'm going to go with uh, Load Up and the Texas Tech Red Raiders. I watched them beat Gonzaga, and I just – that team is – and they are together. I just, they yeah. play defense. I, I like Texas Tech a lot. Yep, I do too. That's a good team. Chris Beard's a great coach. As you guys can see, Luke and I love college basketball. So we apologize if that bored you. Um, hopefully we can pick you up here real soon. We're going to pay some bills and we'll get back with some more talk about racing really quick. I want to thank everybody for tuning in to make sure that you're the first to know when next week's episode is available. Subscribe. And you can do that on Google Play. You can do that on iTunes. You can do that wherever you are accessing our show today. Just subscribe. That way that you know that you have got the latest edition of the podcast. You'll be the first to know. And do us a favor. Tell your friends about the podcast. Get your track involved by broadcasting portions of the Sportsman Drag Racing podcast over the PA on race day. Come out like the world champ. You've been waiting all winter long. Hearing them go on and on. BTE is one of a few full service transmission companies with a full array of manufacturing and testing capabilities. Their in house CNC facility is paired with an extensive collection of gear hobbing and shaping machines to produce any high performance driveline product. From inception, BTE's racing products are designed, prototyped, field-tested, produced, inspected, and even shipped by real racers. Just outside of Memphis, Tennessee, their warehouse and manufacturing facility in Mount Pleasant, Mississippi, is stocked with thousands of parts and centrally located in the United States for fast delivery anywhere. Honey, where are we racing next week? It's time to discuss next week's major events, news, updates, releases, and announcements. It's What's on Tap! What's on tap, Big Jed? The uh, annual three-week swing at Las Vegas Motor Speedway kicks off this weekend with the NHRA Denso Spark Plugs Four Wide Nationals. That, uh, again, three-week stretch that includes this weekend's national event, next weekend's Division 7 Lucas Oil event, and then obviously closes with the Spring Fling Million. So three straight weeks of awesome racing in Vegas. I will be here. Also this weekend... 
NHRA Division Four Lucas Oil doubleheader. That's two races in one weekend at the Texas Motorplex in Ennis, Texas, near Dallas. And yeah, that, I think closes it. Yeah, looks like some good racing out there. Uh, big buck bracket racing probably return to the what's on tap section in the next show. But that's pretty much it for now. And look, that wraps us up. This episode, the old one, two, three. Is, uh, is done. The Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast coming to a close. want to thank the great folks at BTE for their support of the podcast, and we certainly ask that you guys go to them and use them any and every opportunity you can. Luke, uh, you don't list them for me anymore, so I get surprised just like everybody, but it's shout-out time. I can't wait. Yeah. Shouts to preparators like me everywhere. <laughs> Preparator. <laughs> Shouts to the SEC, the Big 12, the Big 10. Can we shout out the pack? Shout out the oh, pack yeah. 12. A10. Shout out the Valley. <laughs> You'll never get them all. Shout out the American. Shout out the Big East. <laughs> There's a power conference I'm missing somewhere. I'm drawing a blank. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Shout out to Joe LeBlanc. Joe was the no-box racer uh, that rolled through the no-box side at Noble and then knocked off at least one box racer to appear in the $5,000 final on Saturday before losing to Riley Howard. So my apologies, Joe, for not remembering that off the top of my head. It was Joe LeBlanc. Joe, shout out to Ozell. Shout out to Ozell. Oh, love it. Sh- um, shout out to Fancy. R.I.P. Fancy. And shout out to Racing Jason. And I just thought I'd close. Like, I could do a whole podcast. We did. I had a fun Racing Jason story earlier. I could do a podcast on Racing Jason stories. Can I throw one in? How about this? How about this? This Thank is you. right it's along the line. That's a good point. It's your show. It's our show. <laughs> Actually, the people's show. That's what I was going to say. If you're listening, this is your show. It's your show. <laughs> it's all for the people. Okay, so the first time that I, I travel anywhere with Jason Lynch, this is. Um, Hmm. I'm showing my age. This is about 15 years ago. All I had at the time was a Vega. Jason says, hey, man, I'm going to Stanton, Michigan for the 50. Why don't you come with me? You can drive wherever we were the week before. You can drive this car. It's really good. I got a new one coming. I'll drive it. Okay, cool. So we go, and I did drive that car, and it was really good. Really good. The new car that Jason was driving, not so good, or at least not to his liking. I don't really know how good it was because we never made back-to-back runs with the same torque converter and carburetor <laughs> until the sixth round of the 50 grander. Now, keep in mind, that race don't start with a 50 grander. There was a 5 on Thursday. There was a 10 on Friday. There was a 50 on Saturday. In between, there was literally like 15 to 20 runs. Again, never back-to-back with the same carburetor and torque converter. It was multiple times it was like on gas one round and on alcohol the next and back. <laughs> and it was there was no data acquisition. There was no back-to-back runs. There was Jason coming back saying, nope, I don't like it. I don't feel right. So we would change something else. And I distinctly remember leaning down in the car for sixth round of the 50, wore out, grease all over me because we ain't done nothing but work for three days and telling Jason Lynch, Man, you might win. You got a chance. And he looks at me like I'm crazy. And he's like, you know, of course I got a chance. What do you mean? <laughs> I go, you got a chance because this thing might be good. And we ain't got time to change it the rest of the way. <laughs> he didn't win the 50 uh, that year. He's won multiple 50s in similar fashion. But that is how 
he rolls. <laughs> well, hopefully one day I can figure out a way to clean it up and tell the story of your bachelor party <laughs> when we went down on the strip uh, in Nashville. Um, him and he. Okay, Davis. well, you know, you mentioned earlier that we've both spent some time traveling with Adam Davis. And that was one of those things that I I had like conveniently blocked from my memory. <laughs> some of those trips. <laughs> but yeah, if you're gonna go down that road, like um we'll have to have the the, the, the censored, the, the R rated podcast. <laughs> well we got some stories. We do have some. It'd be fun to tell. Sign guys, up for that if that's what you want to hear. Speaking of tell us things, telling us things, tell us what you think about the Sportsman Drag Racing podcast. Message us right there on our Facebook page. Tell us how we're doing. Tell us, you know, if we suck or what we're doing wrong. Tell us what we're doing right or what you want to hear or see on the show. We'd love to hear from you. You can also at either Luke or myself right there on the Twitter. Luke is at Luke Bogacki, B-O-G-A-C-K-I. I am at JP11X. We thank you for listening, and we can't wait to talk to you again about more sportsman drag racing. Preparator. I get in it, attitude like I am already winning it, foot breaking in anything, bottom bobbing for a 10, I'm rolling in the cutty, switching feet like Jared Pennington, I was in my truck. Enrollment in This Is Bracket Racing Elite is now open. You've heard me discuss, or at least reference, This Is Bracket Racing Elite. It is the premier offering of our website, thisisbracketracing.com. Elite is a membership community designed specifically to help you get from where you are today as a racer to who you want to be as a racer. Led by knowledgeable professionals, Justin Lamb and myself are longtime instructors and we bring in a host of guests, racers that you know, racers that you respect, led by knowledgeable instructors and surrounded by supportive peers that are ultimately striving for the same goal in their own unique way. The truth is at each event, there are a hundred plus entries, there's one winner. At the end of each season, there's one champion. That feeling, not so much the money, not so much the trophy, that feeling of achievement, that sense of accomplishment, that tip of the cap from your peers, that's why we do this. You can dream of that feeling all you want, or you can take action, take steps toward becoming that racer. If you're ready to take the first step, this is Bracket Racing Elite is for you. Enrollment is open now for a limited time. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite before we close the doors again on December the 8th.